podcast. I'm your host and fellow cinematographer, Jared Levy. We are sponsored by Masters in Motion. This week is with cinematographer Zach Mulligan. Um, it was great chatting with Zach. I had known about him for years, but this is our first time actually being able to uh, sit down and talk. And it was cool being able to chat with with him in particular because of his work on The Outsider, and especially because of um, for fellow podcast alum Igor Igor Martinovich, who uh, set the look in the in the pilot episode of this season and then he went on to direct later in the season and when he was directing he had Zach as his DP so it was really interesting to talk about that you know I think that I've I've had a few discussions here where someone was um, you know brought on and knowing that they are friends with the other DP and trying to live up to that look but it's a it's another added layer when that person is now they were the DP on the pilot and now they're directing you um, that's a really interesting and unique dynamic creatively. And of course, um, for anyone that listened to the Igor uh, episode, it's a great one. And Igor is so um, creative and, and thoughtful and insightful. Um, it was a really, it's a standout episode for me. And I think it speaks a lot to who Igor is as a person. So for to hear Zach's um, kind of a glowing review of what it was like to work on that show and work with Igor um, seemed uh it was no surprise to me that that would be the case. Some other work that he's done coming up, he was a second unit DP on House of Cards. And he also was a DP on this really beautiful film that's on Netflix right now called We the Animals. Um, and it's just gorgeous. So if you want to get a sense for um, an indie vibe that he can that he does incredibly well, uh, that movie is really great too. And uh, so like I said, we are sponsored by Masters in Motion. It is a three-day filmmaking conference that happens every year in Austin, Texas in December. And uh, ASC cinematographers, AC editors, big-time production designers, they all come down, they give presentations, and then uh, afterwards, you know, going out at night on 6th Street, go down to the bar, be able to pick their brain, but also um, chat and socialize with a lot of the other attendees who are also great filmmakers in their own right. You can go to shooteditlearn.com to learn more about that. And I had a, a... Quick update for people who had reached out because they had heard my note about my dad in the hospital with COVID. He is now out of the hospital and he is home on his way to recovery. And so um, big thanks to the hospital workers who got him through that and all of us through that. And so this week is with Zach Mulligan. Stay healthy, stay safe. And I am just realizing I didn't mention this was pre-COVID, so we didn't speak about it much. Um, And so that's just something to keep in mind. Thanks for being here. It was funny, I was thinking about kind of the order in which to discuss things and like how to start off with you, but knowing that I just finished The Outsider on Sunday, and it's not nice. every it's not every time that like the person that I'm speaking to, they just had like, you know, my most favorite show of the week air that week. Um, so that's pretty cool. So, you know, wanting to talk about that. Um, and with that, you know, just the notion also that it's on HBO and it's airing every week and you're a part of, I mean, especially in today's landscape when something actually kind of enters the zeitgeist and is a bigger deal than a lot of the content. Just you know, first question, just what is that? What is that like knowing that kind of it is making an impact week to week? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's been great. It's, um, I, you know, it's it's always wonderful when um people pick up on what you're doing and enjoy it of course um uh but something like the outsider um yeah it's it's kind of extra special you know get lots of people reaching out to me every week whenever an episode airs asking questions and um having having comments and um yeah so so it's been it's been really uh a a good experience for sure did did you have these expectations coming into the project that it was going to be like this you know i mean there's there's some really talented people involved so, um, you know, we, you know, you, you go in, you know, thinking it's got the best chance it has of, of becoming something. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always sort of surprised when people really respond well to, to something. Yeah. No, um, that, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, when, when you were first introduced to the project, how did it, how did it come up and what were those first creative conversations like and who were they with? Yeah. So my friend, Igor Martonovic, he shot the first two episodes, uh, with Jason Bateman directing and, um, and he was kind of my, my into it. Um, he gave me a call one day and said that Jason would be, would be calling me. And, uh, so, so then we met up and, um, and, uh, and then Jason decided to bring me on board. What Um, was that? You know, we had, um, we had Igor as a, as a guest, 
uh, last season. And yeah, we, yeah, I saw. Yeah, we were able to chat with him. Um, so that's super cool just to, to know him that well. What was the conversation? Why do you think that he, he chose you? Did he discuss that with you at all? <laughs> I guess you have to ask Igor. Um, yeah, true, true, true. No, no, no. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Igor's somebody I've known, known for a while. And, um, I, you know, I, I think perhaps we, we, we share a similar aesthetic in a lot of ways. Mm. And um, so I'm, I'm thinking he... Uh, you know, he, he was just, he was thinking that maybe I'd be somebody who could, uh, who could come on and, 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 and try to carry on the, uh, the look of the episodes as he started up. Yeah. What was that, um, first conversation with Jason Bateman like, and in, in terms of, were like, you viewing that yeah. kind of as a, an interview of sorts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jason's just such a really nice guy and I think, and he's kind of, you know, known, known, known as, as just like the super, super nice human being. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, it was just, just had a nice conversation and, um, and then, you know, a couple weeks later I got a call from my agent saying they wanted to hire me. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of that, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, and then got, got right to work. You know, I went down, I went down a little bit early to Atlanta and, and kind of hung out on set for a couple of days to see, to see what was going on in the first block of shooting. Mm. And, that must have been um, helpful. You know, and then had a lot of discussions with Igor about, um, uh, kind of the, the look that he was he was setting up, and uh, the, you know the way the camera moves, the way the lighting functions. How how is he describing that in a way? Without getting to describe, yeah. How how rules? is he describing those those rules? Yeah, so um, I, I mean, I think that the the big thing is is that everything flows from story. Um, you know, that's the, the, everything. Everything begins and ends with the script. Um, mm -hmm. So we're always looking for. For, for these kind of character and, and plot elements to, to base the visuals around. Um, so, you know, often the camera, I, I, you know, I think in some ways the default is that the camera is not moving. And then when it does move, it's because of some sort of subtext or, or, uh, or perhaps, you know, with, with, with a moving character at times, um, you know, in terms of, uh, lighting, you know, that went for very, um, a soft lighting everything's very much exposed in the toe um so a lot of a lot of uh, underexposure you know hi highlights are often uh you, you know in the in the 50 to 60 ire range mm -hmm. um so, so very under which you know kind of and we saw in the sony venice who so kind of with that camera really creates this very soft kind of um pastel vibe um you know we're shooting with with vintage like ours for the most part, um, oh, cool. augmented with, uh, some cook S sevens. Um, so, you know, that combined with large format, always shooting wide open. Um, I, you know, I think really, uh, really created a lot of the, the style, um, as well as the colors. Um, you know, the lot that we created was, has a lot of, has a lot of green pushed into it. For sure. Um, and, and the blacks are slightly lifted, you know, and, and, and that combined with the underexposure, um, you know, really creates this kind of, this kind of, um, feeling of mystery, you know, trying to often hide things. Um, mm. you know, the more, the more the viewer has to, to work, you know, I think the, the more, the more we're kind of, um, successful at slowly unfolding this mystery as it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's great. That's, that's, it's interesting kind of like the, the equation of all those things together does end up translating to something on the more conceptual side about what you're trying to get at with the mystery of the show. Um, and it's super cool that the first um, episode you did that Igor ended up then directing. Um, and I, you know, yeah. it's, it's all, I'm always curious to talk about what it's like for a DP who's shooting something for someone who is, um, you know, a, a very well achieved DP themselves. But on top of that, he's also, he was also the DP that set the look in episode in the pilot. So that's just a fascinating world to be collaborating in. Do you think what yeah. what interesting layers do you think that added? Well, I think that was such a great gift, um, uh, you know, to be working with one somebody I know, um, and 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 you know, and also the person who who set the look. Um, so, uh, it, it, you know, it was it was really a nice place to be in on my first episode because you'd always uh, look look to Igor for advice and and and. Uh, you know, and, and kind of pick his brain about how you might approach certain things. Um, you know, I mean, also working with another cinematographer is great because you can, you, there's just a shorthand there, you know, to kind of quickly, 
get to the to the heart of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we spent a lot of time um, beforehand talking through the script and um, you know really figuring out um, the kind of the car, the heart and the soul of each scene. You know, we would we would give each scene a name um, that kind of like boiled down the essence of the scene. Oh, that's interesting. Like story and feeling, hmm. and then and then and then kind of use that as a as a as a, as a guide. Um, and, uh, and, and so from there, then we would create a, you know, a pretty detailed shot list and which of course always, again, is just the guide. Once you get on set that, that often changes as, um, as everything is very fluid and, and new ideas come about and maybe a better way of doing something comes about. Um, but, um, but yeah, we, we really try to be, you know, very prepared and, 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 and have a solid plan. Yeah. Um, and, and with, with, you know, with another cinematographer, I thought it was it was very, very fun to do that, and, and and you know, kind of kind of easy to get deep into things really quickly. Yeah, and I guess because I I could see I could definitely see the positives, but I could also see if like because there's so many ways to skin a cat. Did that ever come up in terms of like you know him having just some thoughts on on how you were lighting something and and disagreeing, but he's obviously the director. I could just see that being a very mm-hmm. interesting you know scenario throughout the course of a shoot. No, you know, I think I, I think Igor's um, a, a very giving collaborator, as was he seemed like everybody, every, everybody on the outside, or the whole the whole team, top yeah. to bottom, was, um, a, you know, very uh, collaborative, uh, giving group of people. So I think everyone, you know, everyone's always heard, and the best idea, you, you know, ideally, is the one that comes and bubbles up and, and becomes what we do. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was anything, mm-hmm. uh, there was, there was nothing like that involved. I yeah. mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all, we've all been on sets like that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this, this luckily wasn't, wasn't that experience. So. No, no, it's super cool. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. I, some of the most, um, some of the most comments that I've got from any episode really is, is from Igor's, I think, especially, um, just the way that he would talk about things in a very art- artistic way. And I mean that more, yeah holistically versus just from a cinematographer. Yeah. He's just an artistic person. And I can oh, yeah, like, sure. you know, um, I've just gotten a lot of comments about that from people and how much they enjoyed kind of the, uh, holistic nature of his talking. And I, I could see that being really exciting in terms of a collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess last thing about outsider, do you think that there was any, like one big thing that you took away from that project in terms of what you're bringing on to the next, any, any insights or thoughts, um, about the craft? Yeah, or, I mean, I mean, again, I think it, you know, gets back to working, working with Igor. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, we, we get inside our own heads and, and we kind of work in our own, with our own, you know, techniques. We have, you know, we have our sort of go-to methods for certain things, ways of solving problems. Um, you know, I think, um, doing some later episodes in a series like this, is a really interesting exercise in trying to kind of embody somebody else's style or methodology. Yeah. And um, so, so that was something that was, you know, uh, at first blush um, seemed like something that maybe I wouldn't enjoy so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but having gone through that experience was, was very uh, fulfilling and, and deeply fascinating. Um, there, you know, there were, um, I think a lot of things that I, that I learn and take away and, 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 and different kind of ideas that I'm seeing come up in my work now that, that maybe wouldn't have been there before that experience. Anything in um, particular? That's, that's, that's interesting to hear. Well, I mean, it, it can be, it could just be as simple as, you know, um, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like some, some really good specific example. Um, I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's, unfortunately it's not necessarily like a very specific in terms of like That's okay. this lighting unit or that lighting unit, though maybe there are a couple lighting units that I, that I use now that I might maybe want to thought of before. Mm. Um, but you know, in terms of like, I think just even, even approach and then the, and, and, and the way I'm kind of like thinking about scenes and, uh, story and, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, um, it's, it's really kind of like you know, working off somebody else's work and, and trying to make it your own. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's super cool. Well, yeah, I, I wanted to start there. Normally I would like lead up to that, but cool to yeah. start there and then to kind of come back to 
kind of the beginning of your career and, 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 and learn about that and kind of work our way through. Um, you know, I noticed that, um, at least on your IMDb there, you know, it started in a traditional way of a, of a lot of shorts, um, happening yeah. over the course of a couple of years. And I was curious, um, what that period was like for you and were you finding it kind of an easy path to just kind of keep doing shorts and keep meeting people? Um, and do you remember what challenges or frustrations you were facing as you kept doing shorts and, and, you know, trying to make things happen in a bigger way throughout that time? Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to that time period was, you know, uh, when that was, that was must've been like the kind of like 2006, 2000, yeah, right, yeah. around there. Um, you know, I had, I had the still photography background. I had studied still photography and I came to New York with a desire and energy to, to shoot motion picture. And, um, all I had were some, some, some still photos I had taken, but at the time, you know, that this was pre pre digital. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was able to convince some students that I knew how to expose film. So that was kind of enough to get started enough for a few people at least. Um, then, then we quickly, uh, quickly from there devolved into the DVX 100 and HVX 200 days. Oh yes. Um, I know those students days. were okay with the 24 P and put the lens adapters on and all that kind of kooky stuff. Yeah. Um, so, um, so around that time I, I kind of convinced a couple people to let me shoot for them. Um, that was just barely enough to have something to show people. And, um, from there I, uh, I kind of got plugged into, um, Columbia university had a, uh, has a grad program. Um, and they train mostly directors and writers and producers, but not cinematographers, um, unlike NYU. And um, so I'd, I think I initially got plugged in with, with, with that group of people uh, via Craigslist, kind of cold emailing people, and um, shot a couple Columbia student films. And then my name got kind of got passed around. And then I, before you know it, I'm shooting a bunch of them and, I think, you know, I think one year I had shot, you know, like 75% of the films at their student film festival. Oh my God. Um, That's so, wild. so I feel like in a way it was like, I, I, I almost went to, I kind of went to Columbia university as a grad student um, for free by shooting other people's films. Well, yeah, that um, is cool. So that was, was kind of my education. Um, you know, and I messed up a lot of those, I think, um, as you, as you have to, when you're starting out. Yeah. And, um, you know, and around the same time, I had been working as a, P, a production assistant um, and coming up through commercials, making a living that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just driving cube trucks around and making, you know, picking up and dropping off stuff. And um, and then I, I from, from the commercial side now, I'm trying to remember, I, I started, I started um, working on taking the union test while I was still a production assistant. And then I joined the union, I'm trying to remember the year now, maybe it was like 2008 or something, Yeah, 2009. And, um, and then from there was able to get, uh, start doing some, some uh, loading and, uh, and, and second AC work. And so, um, and so as I was kind of like moving up the ranks on the commercial side from PA to like camera assistant, you know, I was always shooting stuff. And then, and then around 2010, 2011, um, you know, I had, a, I had a, 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 one of my first features come out that went to Sundance. Yeah. I was, I, starting, I mean, I was, I was starting to get. Yeah. No, sorry to cut you off. Commercials. I, I was, yeah. I was just curious to talk. Cause I, I know that I, you know, I had written down some questions about Obsolidia, which is that, that feature that got into Sundance in 2010 yeah. and then it, it got an excellence in cinematography award which is obviously a big deal especially for a young dp um you know i guess one of the questions that i tend to ask is you know what what do people think is kind of a big break early on i would imagine that you feel this one is um and you know did it did it feel like that at the time for you um the the opportunities that kind of came from that yeah i mean it's, it certainly felt like a break i mean that was a, that was around the time that i was starting to get paid full time as a, as a, as a cinematographer. Um, I was still doing, you know, commercial and, and feature films as I do now. Um, there were definitely a few opportunities that came out of that. Um, not, you know, in retrospect, I don't think it was as big of a break as I had hoped for or hoped it would be. What makes you say um, that? And it, 
Well, I, I think that it's, it's partially, you know, when, when these things happen, you have to be ready to take advantage of, mm. of these moments in your career. And um, I just don't think I had the toolkit back then to, to really fully take advantage of, of what that meant. What, you know? what do, yeah, um, what, do you, what is it? How did it occur? How did it go down versus how you hoped it would have with this in mind? Well, you know, I mean, ideally you're going to, you take that, you take, you take that, you spin it into, um, uh, a lot of meetings, uh, because people are talking about projects and they, and they, they know what, what you've done and, um, and hopefully you spin that into, you know, something like a, a better project. Yeah. But I think at the time I just, you know, I, I, I think I just gotten an agent. I had, I had an agent that was like a very small agency and then I switched agents at that time based on that film. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, um, and it's not an agent's fault or anything. It's just, um, I just don't think I was like fully aware of how, um, everything worked, you mm. know, to, to really like fully take advantage of, of like the, the PR that can be generated out of that, the, um, you know, the, the, the kind of notoriety and, and, um, and, and strategically figuring out, you know, how, how to get that next project and, and what the next project should be. Interesting. Um, what do you I think? I think it was just, early, you know, it was just early on and, and I, and I was still kind of, um, learning a lot about the business side, you know? Yeah. I'm curious what the advice would have been to your former self in that regard. Oh, interesting. Um, I think my advice would have been to just try to go out and meet more people. Hmm. Like kind of simple you, in you a know, way. Use that, use that as a, as a, as an end to, to talk to everyone and, and anyone, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's actually somewhat more simple than kind of, I don't know, something that is more grandiose or anything. It was just the, like having the wherewithal to realize that the meetings matter and making an effort to take them matters, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, making an effort and then, you know, and pushing and pushing your, your agency to, to set them up. Oh, okay. Um, you know, and just even just reaching out to using that to reach out to people who might not have taken your phone call before, you right. know, who now are happy to chat with you for five or 10 minutes. You know? Yeah. Um, just being that kind of like extra level of being proactive, um, which I think I was ready to be. I just, I just don't think I knew how to channel it. Yeah. You know, no, that, that makes, that makes sense. Um, well, coming off of it, what opportunities were, were available? And when you were in that period of choosing what to do, um, you know, I think as we get, we go further up, the, the, the choices become more important. Um, were you yeah. finding any difficult decisions and, and what was your thought process and how you, what you chose and ended up doing? Well, that's on, you know, what, what I, what I would have hoped was that I would have had, um, more opportunities coming, coming into, uh, through my agency and through, through myself and just, just, you know, the, the, the dream would have been to have people calling with, with all these wonderful projects. And, you know, the reality was that just wasn't happening. So, yeah. um, and you know, so what I took away from that was just, um, to kind of keep doing what I had been doing, which was to just build relationships, make friends, you know, mm-hmm. continue working with, with directors I liked working with. And I mean, I think that's always important no matter where you're at in your career. Yeah. Um, but that's ultimately, you know, what led to my, my follow-up projects from there, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that that project didn't have the kind of outsized impact that, that maybe one would hope. Mm. Um, you know, I think, I think as in terms of like being part of a body of work, um, uh, potentially more, more important, you know, it's kind of like, no, that makes sense. Uh, one of, one of many things. Um, but yeah, specifically though, it, it didn't have the kind of impact that, that one would probably hope for. Yeah. And well, cause I noticed yeah. also later on in like the, the years that followed that you started, there are a bunch of documentaries that are listed. Um, yeah. And I'm curious, especially as someone that started predominantly uh, narrative, what was the draw to documentary and um, how do you feel about what one genre can teach you about the other? Mm, yeah, no, I think, I think they inform each other quite a bit. Um, you know, for, for me, I, I think the reality is I just get sort of bored of doing a single thing over and over. Um, so whether it's commercials or feature films or TV or documentaries, um, I, I kind of like all of them for their own reasons, you know? Yeah. And I like to, to, to kind of switch between them. Um, uh, you know, a great documentary project can be 
just immensely interesting, fascinating, educational. Um, you know, it's also something that can have an impact on the world. Um, you know, we can, we can educate people. Um, and, you know, and then there's, there's also just the, the, the kind of the pureness of documentary. There's like, you know, it's just, it's a very stripped down, essential, you know, following human beings around telling their story. Yeah. And, and on the fly, you know, figuring out um, how, how to do that. How do we cover it? You know. Um, Have you been doing she, a lot she, think, of documentary in prior? Because it, it, it is inter- it's interesting. I think more of the normal way that things kind of happen is docu- you start off doing documentary in the beginning part of your career because it's certainly just more accessible as a, as, a, as a genre form in terms of money and stuff. And then you kind of sure. switch over. So it's, it's, I think you're kind of one of the first people that doc came up later and that i just find like that fascinating pictures, yeah 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 i mean i don't know i mean i'm just uh it's it, i don't i don't know if i have a great answer for that i mean i think it's sure. just something that's always interested me and 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 as opportunities came about I, I i took them yeah um you know and i and i mean i think i think shooting verite is ex- extremely important uh piece of education mm-hmm. um you, you know just re- reacting and and, and, and being there as the story unfolds is really important. And that's something I bring to my narrative work. You know, I try to, um, you know, we want to be, it's almost, uh, almost like acting with the camera. You want to be, you want to be, you know, listening and, 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 and reacting to things as they happen rather than, uh, you know, predicting the future or trying to impose some, some, something, uh, false or, um, you know, uh, sort of stylized for no reason on, on top of a, a story, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And I think it's interesting cause I, I wanted to talk to you about we, the animals and I feel, you know, that has such a, there's a certain vibe about it. That's doc, documentary and verite and visceral. Um, and I think it kind of speaks to what you're, what you're talking about in terms of that, yeah. that, that vibe. And I, I would imagine that you, you drew from that side of your. Yeah, aesthetic. for sure. I mean, um, I mean, especially with the kids, you know, it's, it's, um, every, everything needed to have this kind of sense of energy and immediacy to it. So it all had to feel like it was unfolding in front of us now. And, you know, I think that, um, everything was incredibly, uh, actually planned out, um, beforehand. Mm. Um, but we had to really, we just really wanted to impart this sense of, um, of immediacy to it. Um, so, uh, so it was important that it had that quality. And I think, you know, uh, have, having done documentary work, um, you know, I, I think, I think you can, you can bring those sensibilities into a project without necessarily creating, uh, uh you know, having to create something where you're essentially shooting a documentary. You know, I know I've, I've heard of different people trying to recreate these kind of things where, you know, the camera operator, the DP doesn't necessarily hasn't seen the scene or the blocking and just goes in and tries to cover it. And which, which, you know, I understand. Um, but, but I, I just think that you can, you can get to create those sensibilities without having to kind of put those kind of constraints on, uh, on, yeah. on the actual working method. It's fascinating to hear how everything was really dialed in anyway, because there is such a sense that you're capturing, you know, these magical little moments with these kids and the family in general, um, what do you think that that is that creates that feeling, even if it is coming from a place where everybody was like, is it, is it uh, falling on the director to kind of whip the actors up into this, um, emotional space where it feels like brand new or is it that plus a combination of other things? I mean, I think it, I think it comes from the story once again. I think that every, Mm -hmm story is incredibly authentic it's you know justin torres's story and he who wrote the book and um uh the this the script was um you know a wonderful interpretation of the book um uh that felt very authentic and and present mm-hmm. and i think that the um you know the kids who were cast were were street cast they're not actors wow um the you know and then the adults in it are amazing actors and I just think that, you know, everyone bringing this kind of level of authenticity to, to it is what 
gives it that feeling, you know? Um, so I don't think it's necessarily even the, the, the camera work. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And to know. talk about things on a, on a technical level, what was the discussion about the look and feel? Um, how did you settle on 16 millimeter for the film? What were you, what were your goals and how do you feel it related to the story? Well, for me, 16 always has this kind of, um, um, this, this sort of sense of, um, I guess, I guess texture, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, like the analog quality of it to me, um, just imbues it with this, this like ability to suspend disbelief. So when I, whenever I see film to me, it's, it reminds me of the films I grew up watching and, um, and just immediately I'm in movie land, you know, and I'm totally, I'm, I'm down with whatever happens there. Yeah. The director having a really strong sense of, of what the look and feel is, how is he describing that to you? Um, I, I'm always curious about, you know, I think some people kind of come in it. I was actually talking to Tom Siegel uh, on another uh, episode and he was saying that, you know, it very, it flux, fluctuates for him between pe- like directors that could speak to in a very literal way and directors that speak very abstract and then it kind of falls on him. What were these discussions like and how are you interpreting what he was saying into something real and like an end result? Yeah, well, um, well, I mean, Jeremiah and I had worked together quite a bit on, um, on short documentaries and commercial projects. And so he's, he was a collaborator known for quite a while. Mm. Um, so, you know, so I think we already had kind of a shorthand with that. And I think, um, um, you know, we, we were talking kind of, kind of broadly, but then also very specifically at times, um, you know, we're looking at a lot of different reference, different photographers. Um, you know, we'd watched the, the documentary Streetwise about Mary Ellen Mark and her work um, that was, you know, shot on 16 and in and, and the mid 80s and just looked, had this beautiful look that felt like um, just like this, like amazing document from another time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so we're looking, we're looking at a lot of visual reference and, and, and talking through it. Um, we also were very lucky. We got to, uh, go to the Sundance lab together. So, Oh, that's amazing. So the director's lab, um, Jeremiah was able to get me in as, as one of the DPs there. And we actually workshopped, uh, like three scenes from the film, um, which was just such a luxury I've never had before. What was that Um, like? So basically, you know, the, the, the lab set up where we have, um, it's like, what is it like 10 or eight projects? I think it's eight directors with eight projects. And, um, and there's four, four DPs and, and we actually, um, and, and editors and we actually go and shoot scenes and then come back and review them. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and then these, these are, these are meant to be, um, sketches, really explorations. Um, you know, there's, there's not an emphasis on sort of technical perfection. I was going to say, do you uh, light it? Do you have like gear and teams? No. Right. Yeah, we had some, there's equipment and there's, there's small crew and, oh, okay. um, and I mean, it's, you know, you're at the, um, uh, you're at the, the Sundance resort mm-hmm. and, um, so, you know, all your locations are kind of, uh, at the resort, which is kind of funny, you know, we've got, um, <laughs> yeah. a, a bunch of kind of like, uh, ski house resort kind of locations, mm-hmm. and, you know, and some, some beautiful mountaintops and, um, Sounds so we're, great. we were trying to, we were trying to find something to, to stand in for like a, you know, a gritty upstate New York small town right um what we did you know we you know we make stuff work and i mean you know some projects were even you know were even more impossible to find locations for but you know it's kind of the the point though is to kind of just you know work with the material work with the actors sure um try to try to really stumble your way through it and and come out the other end having learned something Mm. um about how to approach this material and um you know and i think we had Jeremiah and I have been talking about a few different approaches and, you know, at one point in time, we weren't sure if we wanted to do handheld or not. And, um, you wow. know, and I think that the, the, the Sundance lab was really, um, helpful in, in discovering a lot of that because we got to try, um, stylistically different, different ways of moving the camera. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it just became apparent that the, that the, the sort of the freedom of the handheld camera, the, the choice of wide lenses close to the subject, 
um, shooting from Jonah's eye level and, and always from his perspective mm-hmm. um, was very important. Um, That's cool. I, I, I can't know, imagine and, the movie not handheld. It, it seems part and parcel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, neither, neither can I at this point. Um, but, it, but at one point in time, well, we'd consider different stuff like a lot more potentially Movi or Gimbal kind of kind of work or Steadicam mm-hmm. and, um, and maybe mixing that more with um, you know, perhaps a, a less, a, a more static kind of camera. Sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I think, I, I, I think that what we realized was that, you know, it's, it's in, I mean, probably Jeremiah realized first, but um, is that it's really um, everything is really from Jonah's perspective. And if you just follow that kind of simple idea, um, it, it can, it can, it just let us everywhere look wise. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's amazing. And, and it makes sense. And kind of, I mean, that must be fun having that type of restriction put on you. Cause I think you would probably just end up thinking about every scene so differently as you're trying to, during prep, putting, putting it through his eyes. Yeah. What, well, again, I mean, this is, this is where it gets back to story and script and, and this is where I'm, I'm always, um, mining the story for clues as to, as to what I should be doing with the camera, you know? Hmm. And I mean, one of the biggest clues for me is always just perspective, you know, who's, who's seen as it, where, where, why, you know, is there a dynamic or a power shift that yeah. happens between two characters? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and these things always, always, always lead me to, to certain ideas about perspective and camera placement and of course, uh, lighting and, and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's that's great. And one of the things that I noticed, especially right off the bat, um, you're obviously capturing a story about people that are living in a certain level of poverty. And I find that when poverty is done in this way, that it's a thin line between exploitative and, you know, embracing the, the reality of that situation. Were you, Were there conversations about that with the director and kind of not, you know, wanting it to show it in one light, but trying to make sure that we don't show it in another light, Any, anything like that, and how you how you handled it? Um, I mean, I think that's a good question. I think, um, I think really that comes from the sensitivity that Justin Torres brought to the, uh, the source material, you mm-hmm. know, which is, which is based on his life. Um, you know, it's kind of a magical realist, uh, retelling of his own childhood yeah um and and that's how he grew up and so i think therefore it can only be sensitive because you know it's it's, it's coming from that place it's not it's not coming from an from an, an outside perspective um and i think um and i think that uh you know as, as filmmakers i think we always try to honor that um so so i don't i don't know that we that we dwelled too much upon that mm-hmm. um i don't know that, that we had to because because the material was, was already uh was already coming from that place yeah you know i think a lot of things that end up about how you ride that line can extend way past cinematography and not just the direction on yeah. the day but also in the edit you know how that oh, material sure. is yeah. used i think plays a really big part so but i was just curious if I, if, if in your world yeah. it, it had anything but that that what your, your answer makes total sense to me um and then lastly about this film was the um there's just such a sense of realism i was just curious about the level of your like lighting and lighting package because it just seems so um Uh of the moment but i know that it can't be entirely how how do you how do you approach that type of aesthetic in terms of a lighting package and what 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 are your thoughts on 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 approaching it well, you know, I always take this as a huge compliment because a lot of people ask me, like, did you even like that film? <laughs> and yeah. um, and I think, oh, you, you get it. You get it. Um, I mean, of course, I lit the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, and of course, we had a, a G&E team with, a, with, a, with a, uh, an appropriate size lighting package for, for a, a one million dollar budget film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, y- you know. For me, the for me the metric I was always looking at was um, uh, was for a sense of naturalism. Um, any any time I 
you know, I felt like the a scene looked lit, quote unquote. Mm. Um, you know, I would I would try to run away from that. Sure. Um, so, you know, you know, there were there were some scenes that I, I lit looking in most directions um, so that I had some level of freedom uh, for the kids to move around. Um, but uh, but for the most for the most part, um, you know, ev- everything you see is lit. Um, there are exceptions. There are. Um, there are some magic hour scenes where, um, you know, luckily we were able to, uh, schedule, uh, around the light and I was able to shoot certain scenes over two or three evenings, mm-hmm. um, using essentially available light or very little. Um, there were a couple, a, a couple scenes that were based around light studies. Um, you know, there's, there's a great shot of Jonah looking out the window mm-hmm. with this kind of golden sun coming in the window. Um, and that was, that was something, uh, we had seen, uh, just from spending time at the house and at the location. And so we knew at a certain time of day, if the weather was right, we could get that kind of sun. Yeah. So we'd schedule that shot at that time. Um, you know, but the reality is if you, if you've got a three page scene, four page scene or five page scene, you've got a, the sun's going to move time <laughs> sure. you can possibly shoot it. So you have to, you have to kind of control or block the existing sun and create your own, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's just, it's just the reality of it. Um, but you know, I, I definitely did a lot of light studies and was trying to be very, um, very true to, to the way the natural light was looking in that space. Yeah. When you Um, say that, what do you, what were your light studies? Like, were you, were you emulating or referencing, um, other other cinematography work, other paintings, other still photography. Well, I guess I, I was using light study uh, to mean that you know I would stay in the location or have somebody stay in the location and take photos throughout the day. Oh, interesting. Or just to, or even just observe it by eye, just to see what the natural light was doing. Yeah. Um, which was, um, you know, for individual shots, you know, or even like a very quick scene if it's one or two setups really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could potentially get away with certain moments of available light. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. In terms of, um, lighting reference, um, uh, you know, I think that there wasn't anything specific we were looking at. Um, but rather this kind of, um, notion of, of, um, just really the, the, the least contrivance and the most naturalism we could get. Sure. Sure. You know, no, so. I mean, that's saying through a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm re- remembering, um, Igor talking to me about always his like prep book that he loves making that mm. extends far past, um, just cinematography references, but all sorts of works of art. Do you mm. prescribe mm. to that at all for your projects in general, not just about we, the animals, but just in general, what, what kind of prep are you, do you find to be the most helpful for you in that, in like referential type work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I like to talk a lot with, with the director and the other, the other creatives involved, the production designer. And, mm-hmm. um, I like to pull a lot of visual reference, uh, whether it's, um, other feature films, um, uh, still photographers, paintings, um, you know, I'll pull from a variety of sources depending on the project. Um, and then also there's, you know, there's just certain films I might want to see the actual film for in terms of like tone or camera movement, um, the kind of things you can't get a sense for, um, with, with a single image. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's projects I've, you know, reference music. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh often I'm again doing, doing work on the script, like trying, trying to really, um, break down specific characters, journeys and turning points. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. That, the, the, yeah. those perspective, the perspective aspects of that breakdown, I think are the most fascinating and seem to be the most helpful, especially, you know, power, power dynamics shifting within scenes. Um, those types of things. I, I also just, I guess I just find them the most interesting too. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you know. I think more than anything, I've been a student of story mm-hmm. than than almost cinematography in the past mm-hmm. few years. You know, it's kind of um, more interesting to me in a lot of ways to 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 think about the work in terms of that. Yeah. Um, I also like, you know, I, you you can 
once once you figure out a character's journey, their path, you can you can use that to kind of hang um, a visual motif on. Hmm. And so that's that's something I'm always looking for, you know. And is there is there a reason for that motif? Is there something within that story that that only this visual idea could could kind of underline, you know? Yeah. No. Um, totally. So. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how I, how I conceive of, of building the overall arc of a, of a look. Yeah, um, it was, I think it's important to kind of like, even if you're setting up rules, it's really important to break them at times to affect, um, you know, when when the story calls for it. Yeah, I mean, even in that moment, sometimes breaking it in that right moment is the best. It it, it highlights something. Um, well, and, exactly. Yeah, 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 and then. This project did get into Sundance uh, another time for you, and then it also was nominated for five uh, Independent Spirit Awards, including Best Cinematography. And curious yep. now, so this is eight years later yep. after your first time around. Do you feel like, um, you know, you took heed of your of your own experience last yeah. time, and how it how yeah. how did, how it how is it better for you? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, just a big a, a huge difference is just. Uh, being older, having, having, uh, more of a track record, more, uh, more work to show. Um, you know, I think it's, it's much easier to kind of, um, to, to kind of, uh, parlay the, the success of a single project into other projects, you know? Yeah. Um, if you, if you're, if you're just, work, if you're, you know, a young DP and you've got one thing that's hot and you haven't done anything else, you know, it's definitely a little more to convince people that, um, that they should take a chance on you. Yes. Um, totally. So, um, so again, it's hard to say necessarily this specific project, you know, I think it's more of a body of work, mm-hmm. but I think you can certainly leverage, um, you know, you know, uh, the heat behind a specific project for, uh, for, for other work for sure. Um, yeah. no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, just looking into the few movies that I know is listed to come out and who they're with, um, and with the directors that you, you worked with Ben Zeitlin. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we, I, I spoke with um, Philip Humans on the podcast and, and, and we've been chatting. Um, he speaks so highly of Ben. I was curious to hear about th- uh, that experience and, and, and working with him. Yeah, I mean, so so I came on to do some additional photography on uh, on Wendy, um, which hit theaters a couple of days ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I didn't realize so, that. Yeah, yeah. So that was, so um, uh, Sterling Groven shot shot the film he did uh he did victoria Mm -hmm. in that film um uh wonderful cinematographer um he he uh they shot on uh, the island of montserrat and and the caribbean and um there was uh there was a an issue with a location they had um which was these these underwater cave system that they were that they couldn't shoot in uh for uh for a variety of reasons and Mm -hmm. So, so Sterla basically w- was not available when they came back to do some uh, some additional shooting for that stuff. Gotcha. And um, that was around the time I finished with the animals, and we actually had a couple producers in common between the two projects. And they they you know they I, I think they just called up Ben and said, hey, you know this guy just we just did with the animals with him, and it was a bunch of kids that shot on Super Sixteen. It was you know. Like basically all like all the same stuff Wendy is, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So um so so um yeah, so we linked up and, and yeah, had a great time. I mean I mean I think I think Ben is just such a true artist and um really has a unique perspective on, on filmmaking. Um and uh I, I, I haven't even seen the whole film yet, so I've been I've, I've been excited. I gotta go see it hopefully next week or something. Yeah, yeah. Um no, that's cool. I because I, I, I wanted to kind of ask that in like a two part question with just mm-hmm. like working with Ben, but then also with um, it's a, it was listed as Jessica Beale and Zosha Mamet were directing another film that you were working on, and I just find it so interesting um, the the variety in terms of the directors that you're working with and what their backgrounds are. Um, mm-hmm. Working with directors that, that are you know have an acting background and then others that are traditionally filmmakers, um, and just you know how you handled. Uh, kind of coming off of that conversation I had with Tom Siegel, how how you handle um, different directors' approaches and how they can be really asking a l- pretty widely different things from you and the role that you have. Yeah. 
Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's just like any collaboration. It's going to be, it's a little bit different every time. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that's really the, the, the pleasure of, of the whole experience is, is kind of, um, kind of, uh, you know, getting other people's space and, and ideas and, and, um, and figuring out what you can bring to that and, 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 you know, figuring out where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I mean, every collaboration I've done has been incredibly different and I think it, I think it should be, you know, I think it would, probably wouldn't be good if it was the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, everyone's, everyone's so different and, and, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. No, totally, yeah. totally. And just closing up, um, any thoughts on the the future in terms of what, what you want to be working on and anything that kind of uh, you hope to be <clears throat> doing that might yeah. be any different, any genres that you're after, that kind of thing? Well, right. I mean, right now I'm going to be doing some more TV coming up here. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is, so we'll, we'll just hold off on that. Um, yeah, no, it's no problem. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, I like to mix it up. I I want to be doing TV commercials, uh, movies, uh, documentaries. Um, you know, I, and I think I think the main thing is I'm you know it's, as as my career moves forward, you know, we hope we can just be a little more uh, picky with with the projects we do choose and just get kind of get get into like more and more specifics of, of what interests us. Um, I mean, in terms of genres, I'd, I'd love to do, uh, I'd love to do some sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love, to, I mean, I love genre films too. I'd love to do horror. I'd love to do, um, you know, I, I mean, maybe not action. Maybe that's one, one I'm not super into. <laughs> um, not that I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what about you? What do you, what do you, what are you doing next? What about me? Well, yeah. um, there's been in development a, a, a sci-fi project that I really hope. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I, I really hope that, that it, it comes together. Um, the signs are good. It's been, it's been building momentum and the studio is, is, uh, saying good things, but you know, it's development. So you kind of, you kind of hold your breath, but if it, if it does happen, I, you know, I think it, it's with a collaborator that I, I really enjoy working with. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the type of sci-fi that I think is really much, I don't even know. It's almost like futuristic realism. You know, it's not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not Star Trek. Um, it's yeah. more in like the black mirror vein of like, what if things were just slightly different? And then through that difference, we can discuss like the human condition, you know? Yeah. 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 But uh, no, good job of turning the tables. Now, now I'm uh, being asked <laughs> questions, <laughs> but I, I, I do at some point. yeah, that's it. No, but, but um, a pleasure, a pleasure talking to you, man. I, I've, I've um, like I was mentioning, you know, either through just online or whatever, um, few conversations that, that I've, I've seen you have and discussing the work. Um, great to actually be able to, to chat with you for an hour and, and hear about your, your background and your story and your process. Um, Cause I think, uh, I think uh, I'm a big fan of your work. Thanks, Joe. Great talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.